All of the readings today speak of God's mercy. We can see already in the Old Testament that mercy is the quality that grants access to the innermost heart of God. Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, would say that mercy is the greatest divine attribute and that through it she could contemplate all the other divine perfections. Through mercy, we get to know who God really is. Saint Therese said that through the lenses of mercy, in other words, even God's justice is clothed in love. It's interesting that while so many nuns and religious people in the 19th century made offerings of themselves to divine justice to appease God's wrath caused by the sins of humanity, Therese went much farther. She made herself an offering to God's merciful love. She made, she made an offering of herself to God's merciful love. Mercy is this burning furnace of love. And our greatest sins, my friends, are but little drops which are lost in this divine ocean of fire, of divine love. She says, Therese, I quote, If through weakness I sometimes fall, may your divine glance cleanse my soul immediately, consuming all my imperfections like the fire that transforms everything into itself. End of quote. So, my brother, my sister, whatever sins afflict you today, with great confidence you can pray as the chorus of today's psalm, I will rise and go to my Father. I will confidently rise and go to my Father. The psalmist says, Have mercy on me, God. A clean heart create for me. This mercy is also very noticeable in the first reading. Actually, what we see is something that can appear to be a little contradictory. You know, Moses sees uh, the people of Israel lost in idolatry and knows that this was liable to anger. This was in itself self-destructive. It was destructive for the people who were cutting their ties with the true God, the very source of their lives. So Moses kind of talks God out of his righteous wrath, you know. God had motives, so to speak, to, to be angry at the people. So Moses wants to talk God out of his wrath, you know. It seems he kind of wants to change God's mind. But actually, Moses appeals to God's deepest attitude, to his innermost divine feelings, to his loving faithfulness to the patriarchs and thereby to the nation. Way beyond God's anger, there's something more divine in God than pure wrath. God is love. God is love. That's God's true identity his innermost being. God is love. So Moses appeals to what is the most godly in God, his merciful love. 
So God's merciful heart doesn't stop beating even when we renounce to be faithful to Him. No wrath or, or condemnation can be final. St. Paul says in a letter to Timothy, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. He is love. So, speaking of Paul, how heartwarming it is to see these masterpieces of divine mercy Men and women like St. Paul, recreated by the unrestrained, unbounded forgiveness of God. In today's second reading, Paul reveals himself as a pure product, you know, a pure result of divine mercy. He says it like, I have found mercy. He says it twice. I have found mercy. I have found grace. It was, I was once a sinner, a persecutor, and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated. Mercifully treated. The grace of our Lord has been abundant. One day, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, spoke to young people about St. Paul's conversion and said, The Lord chooses someone who was even persecuting him, completely hostile to him, But for God, there's no such person who is irredeemable, unrecoverable. Through a personal encounter with Him, it is always possible to start over. No one is beyond the reach of God's mercy. Of no one can it be said, it's too far, it's too late. You know? Actually, my friends, our sins are occasions for God's patience to be displayed and manifested. So, Paul himself becomes an example for those who will receive mercy as he did. We can be new creatures, new men and women. And the gospel tells us uh, the three extremely remarkable parables of God's mercy. And we can realize uh, through them that God is not merely a kind one who forgives the sinner who returns, but rather God is active in his forgiveness. He pursues the lost one, the lost one, uh, until he finds it. He pursues them. He chases them down to love them, to love us, to save us. And the three parables we heard uh, in today's gospel speak of, of three feasts, three parties or celebrations. The one of the shepherd who finds a sheep, the feast of a woman who finds a coin, and the feast of a father who finds his son. And they all sum up God's feelings for us. The joy of heaven. The joy of heaven. And this word is addressed to the Pharisees and scribes who, who didn't understand this joy of Jesus in re-encountering, in meeting the publicans and sinners. They weren't in sync with God's heart. So the Son of God sits at the table with sinners to give them a new food, snatching them out of death and giving them new and eternal life. So Jesus wants to teach a lesson to these eldest sons of Israel, but also to teach a lesson of mercy and to give mercy to those who are sinners, the eldest and the youngest. 
In the third parable, we see an actively merciful father who doesn't simply wait at home for his lost son, but who hurries to meet him and throws his arms around his neck. So God's search for the lost doesn't mean he doesn't know where we are. He's actually searching to find which paths will be effective, fruitful, which paths will allow the sinner to find his or her way back to grace, a way back to true love. And a heads up here, the father wants to save both his sons, the youngest but the eldest as well, both his sons from that evil of not living out of true love, the evil of not living out of grace. He wants to save the one from a love without sacrifice and the other from a sacrifice without love. He wants to save the youngest from libertinism and from recklessness, this life without order, without truth, without peace. But he also wants to save the eldest who has forgotten to live as a son. He has forgotten to live like a son who physically lives in the father's house but no longer shares the values, the thought, the way the father loves. It's a heavy, slavish obedience, a servile obedience. He doesn't partake in the father's heart anymore. All of us need to move from the rigid posture of the Pharisees who don't know how to share the joy of heaven to that posture of Moses who intercedes for the people, prompting God to act with mercy and manifest his salvation. That's who God is. He is love. His name is mercy. Jesus said to Saint Faustina, apostle of divine mercy, Know, my daughter, that between me and you, there is a bottomless abyss. An abyss which separates the creator from the creature but this abyss is filled with my mercy lord have mercy on our nothingness come to be our all in all and transform us into new creatures by the power of your infinite mercy amen